Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Welcome friends, to the A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. Million Little Things stars David Gintoli as Eddie Seville, Romney Malco as Rome Howard, Alison Miller as Maggie Bloom, Christina Moses as Regina Howard, Grace Park as Catherine Kim, James Roday Rodriguez as Gary Mendez, Stephanie Sostak as Delilah Dixon, Tristan Bayon as Theo Seville, Lizzie Green as Sophie Dixon, and Chance Hurstfield as Danny Dixon. Well, hello there. How are we all doing? Hope you're all well, and it's great to come and speak to you again. I've just got to make an apology for the last episode where I, A, was a little bit off my game due to a lot of political upheaval in this country, and also reliving the COVID days gets you down a little bit, so I just wanted to apologise for that. Hopefully, the next five episodes, which are going to feature in this particular episode, are going to be so much better for you. However, that being said, welcome. This is A Million Little TV Shows Podcast, Series 3, Episode 5. As I say, I hope you're all doing well out there. I'm doing a lot better. My foot is on the mend, so that's a massive bonus. Um, I'm now getting through these episodes pretty quickly, so it's just the editing process that's going to take time. But I'm getting there and hopefully I will have a bunch of episodes ready for when I'm away and hopefully into the new year as well. So, and in fact, looking at the timeline of this, this is potentially going to be out on the 6th of January. So there you go. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great one and I hope you are filled with merriment and joy. And hopefully this is going to be a good year for all of us. Anyway, I'm ready to get into the episode. Today we are covering... Today we are covering A Million Little Things, Season 3, Episodes 10 to 14. So let's get straight into it because there is some exciting stuff going on in these episodes but also there is some pretty rough stuff going on in these episodes. So so I just want to caveat the episode with that, that it is a fun show, it is a good show, it is a heartwarming show but it is also dealing with a lot of issues both day-to-day and bigger picture stuff so but I just want to take you all through it in as best way as possibly can giving my own opinions giving my opinions about how I feel about certain aspects of the show about certain aspects of life hopefully like I say you guys are enjoying this because I enjoy doing it and I have got a lot of content coming so buckle in but let's start for today on a million little things episode 10 trust me So where we left off from the last episode was that Gary is now looking after Dee's children, Sophie and Danny, while Dee is in France. She is now trapped in France due to the fact that the pandemic came and has stopped all flights. And also the fact that her father has taken a fall and injured himself, so he isn't able to come home and he's got Alzheimer's, so Dee needs to stay with him. But Gary, who has been trying to lay down the law at the house has ended up having Sophie sneak out on him to 
go and visit her music teacher. Problem with that is she's lied to him and not allowed him to know where she is. She's left her phone at the house and he can't contact her. He thought she was going to see her boyfriend who she split up with. Then we've got Eddie and Catherine who are obviously going through their own thing because Eddie's just started to take drugs. Prescription drugs. I grant you, but still, he's become addicted to them, and they're pretty strong pain meds. He's also ended up stealing from Gina's place and taking her Vicodin tablets, and then he ended up getting Dakota to come in and lie for him, as well as playing with drugs when she needed him to help her with her album. So he's not in a good way. He's gone off to a rehab facility. And while he's there, Catherine is now thinking that she can't do this anymore. She wants to finish with Eddie. And we're going to see how this is going to develop over the next few episodes. As for Rome and Gina, obviously they obviously they lost out on being parents with Eve and the baby that she had. But they've been sort of given an opportunity when Tyrell came into their life and now he is living with them. The reason for that is because Tyrell's mother has been taken by ICE, the immigration people, and being detained by them until further notice. So Child Protective Services are trying to get hold of Tyrell to put him in foster care. So Gina and Rome have taken upon themselves to actually foster him, but without the official paperwork. And then we've got Maggie. Maggie went over to the UK to start her fellowship program at Oxford, but ended up having to come back to the US because she couldn't get a cancer screening in the UK due to the fact COVID was so prevalent. So she's come back home and now she's been told that the risk of flying or the risk of going anywhere while COVID is so rampant would be devastating for her. So she's at high risk, so it's best that she stays in the country. So she is now staying in Gary's apartment while Gary's at Dee's and the housemate that she was living with in London, who she was kind of seeing, came over to stay with her but has now gone back to the UK. And we also have the fact that Maggie has started a podcast. So I think that's it now. I think we're all caught up on the major characters and where they all are and what they're doing. So let's get into this. This episode, episode 10, is going to be very, very heavy on the Sophie storyline due to the fact that she is essentially missing. So at the end of the last episode, Gary had found out that Sophie had snuck out. So he is freaking out right now because he can't find out where she is. Turns out he gets a text from Danny and she has already got home. Sophie, however, is in her bedroom. She's taking photos of herself in her underwear and sending them over to Peter. Peter being her tutor. But Peter sends back a message saying he doesn't think he can work with her anymore due to the fact that this is highly inappropriate, what she's just done. So at this point, we're unsure of what the hell's going on, why Sophie's lying to Gary and why this has all happened. When Gary gets back to the house, he goes and confronts Sophie and asks what the hell's going on, why is she being so secretive, where the hell was she? And she just breaks down crying and tells him that she thinks she's messed up really badly. And Gary just tries to comfort her and find out what's gone on, but she doesn't want to speak about any of it. So we instantly go into the backstory of what the hell's gone on with Sophie. We see that one month earlier, Sophie is having a lesson with Peter, and he's trying to get her stage presence, but she's just not all there. He feels like she has to get out of her comfort zone. When she was singing on the street, she was out of her comfort zone and she was able to perform. But right now, she's got no real stage presence and he feels like she's lacking something. So he's trying to think of ways to get her to 
be more out there. So he tells her that the next time that she comes for a lesson, that maybe she should come in something that would make her feel a little bit uncomfortable so that she can stop focusing on being uncomfortable about singing and being there to perform and instead focus on the fact that she's uncomfortable about something else. Make it a little bit ridiculous if she needs to, but she needs to be able to come out with confidence and not feel like she's constantly not good enough because she's got an incredible voice and is incredibly good at songwriting. It's just her performance that is letting her down right now. He tells her that maybe she could do what one of his other students did, which was dress in their bathing suit. So come out in their bathing suit and all the focus will be on what they're wearing instead of what they're doing and they'll be able to be better at what they're doing. It's just to get herself out of her own mind. So the next time that she comes, she tells him that she's brought her bathing suit. And during the performance, she starts to feel a little bit better, but she's still very self-conscious. And he decides that she needs a better outlet and he decides that she needs a better outlet for this and tells her to do something silly. He puts some music on and he starts dancing around and he goes, you should join me, come and join me. And he encourages her to join him. And then she starts dancing around and she's in a bathing suit. And then the next thing he starts filming her. Again, keeps saying that it's just for his benefit. No one's ever going to see this, but... He just needs to make sure that she is out of her comfort zone. So obviously when Gary's hearing this a month later, he is fuming. He is so pissed off. And he wants to go around and kick the shit out of this guy. And he's just not listening to what Sophie's saying. And she just wants it to go away. She just wants everything to go back the way it was. So that she can get into the Massachusetts Music Institute. But Gary's just having none of it and he's just, he's blaming himself, he's blaming him, him being Peter. And he thinks that she's been taken advantage of and she's just pissed off with the whole situation. She throws him out of her room. So instantly he does the thing that he knows will probably yield the best results. And he calls Maggie because Maggie will be able to either talk him through it or talk her through it. And he asks her to come over. So Maggie being the person that she is, she does. She comes straight over and she goes in to see Sophie and she says, Gary's caught me up on everything that's gone on, but we need to talk about this. And so they do. Sophie starts to tell her what happened and why it happened. Uh, she tells her all about dancing around in her swimsuit. It's here that Maggie's trying to let her know that she's a victim. Something's happened that is wrong and she has ended up being a victim of what's gone on. But Sophie's not seeing it. She's just seeing it as he was just trying to do the best for me. And all she wants is things to go back to the way they were. Gary is also called Gina because obviously Gina has a past where abuse was prevalent and she has come over as well to offer support. But Maggie tells Gary that he needs to leave. He needs to go somewhere else for now because if he stays, she's not going to open up. And so Gary agrees to leave while Gina and Maggie get Sophie to see that what happened to her wasn't her fault for a start, but also is a bad thing. But Sophie tells them that the dancing in front of the camera wasn't the bad thing that happened. The bad thing that happened was today. So Sophie ended up getting an interview for MMI. And when she went over to tell Peter about it, she was all excited and he was ecstatic for her. But then he took her by the shoulders and pleasured himself in front of her. 
and she didn't know what to do. So eventually, after he finished, she left in shock and was just heartbroken because she didn't want that. She just wanted him to be happy about the situation that had happened and to try and get some normalcy back. She ended up sending him this picture to say that what happened was okay, it doesn't matter, it's just a bit of fun, like everything can go back to normal. And then because she feels like she has ruined everything now, Maggie and Gina have to tell her that what has happened to her isn't right and that she was abused and that essentially he has been grooming her from the moment he met her. So in the end, obviously, after all of this, Gary is just wanting to kill him. He wants to end his life. He is so pissed off with Peter right now and essentially pissed off with himself because he put Sophie in harm's way. He gave information about Sophie to this guy who was a predator and now he feels like he supplied her to him, essentially. So he's feeling all kinds of guilty, but also all kinds of rage. And Maggie just tells him to try to harness his anger elsewhere because right now they need to just support Sophie and get her through everything that's gone on. That night, Sophie calls her mum and tells her what's been going on. And obviously now Dee is stuck in France and just wants to be home with her daughter because what she's gone through is horrific. And Dee tells her that when she gets home, they will talk about going to the police. Gary, however, has gone straight out, jumped in his car, and has started to drive round. He's ended up at Peter's house because, of course, he has. And while he's there, he sees a car pull up and he's just about ready to get out when he realises that it's Peter's wife who has come home and he decides to just leave it and drives off. So like I say, this episode is very heavy on Sophie and a very, very heavy situation. And I hope that if anyone who has suffered at the hands of some piece of shit like this feels like they can reach out because they need to. It's horrible what happened to Sophie and happens probably daily to some people. So if you hear this and if that is you, please go seek help. So we'll just get into the other little bits that happened in this episode. So good news for Maggie. Maggie has been offered a Maggie has been offered a role on a radio show for like a five minute segment where she does therapy within five minutes and tries to help people. And this is gonna be quite a big thing for Maggie. And it's all because of the whole thing with the podcast. It starts to take off. This woman has heard it and she thinks it's great. So that's a brand new opportunity for Maggie to get her teeth into. Rome, however, has been really bonding with his dad. You see a lot of shots of Rome during the night while he's writing this new script. And while he's writing, he keeps getting text messages from his dad just popping up on his phone or on his iPad or whatever he's writing on. And he replies and they seem to be bonding a little bit. But then as soon as Rome sees his dad again, his dad is just same old, same old Walter. He is shutting his son down and talking to him like he's a piece of shit or that he doesn't know anything. It's so frustrating to see a nice development in their relationship over the phone. But then when they meet, when they see each other, they're just back to butting heads. But Rome gets a totally new perspective on his dad's relationship with him when he goes to see his mum. So he goes to his mum's graveside and while he's there, a woman named Florence 
comes over and starts to talk with Rome. Her husband is buried not far from their mother and she gets talking to him and she tells him that she knows his dad and that his dad is so proud of him and thinks he's amazing and it shows that Rome really doesn't know how to take his dad because he's so critical of him any time that Rome does anything but whenever anyone else speaks to him he's just got high praise for his son but it turns out he's proud of Rome Episode 11, Redefine. So Gina and Tyrell are going to see his mom. They've finally been able to track her down in which detention centre she's in. So they're going over there to find her, talk to her, see what's going on. But while they're doing so, they're talking to Rome on the phone. And Rome is trying to find out who the hell Florence is. Because he feels like she's got more of a connection to his dad than he does. So he's trying to find out if it's his dad's new girlfriend. Which Tyrell and Gina are both thinking is hilarious. Cute, but hilarious. But before they can get to where she is being detained, it turns out that Alan calls, and it turns out that Tyrell's mum has actually been sent back to Haiti. And of course, Tyrell is beside himself. The first thing he wants to do is jump on a plane as soon as he can to try and get back to her and try and find out where she actually is. The problem is she hasn't lived in Haiti for 20 years and has no family there now. So she is starting from scratch all over again. And the last thing that she could really want right now is having a 17-year-old son there as well that has to depend on her. She has to find her own footing before she can even think about having her son there. But that means leaving her son in America, where potentially he could end up in the foster care system. But of course, he's hearing none of this when Gina tries to explain it to him. When Rome confronts his dad about who Florence is and asks if... There's something going on between him and Florence. He tells him that he's being stupid and that he wouldn't ever do that and that it's nothing like that. They're just friends and there's no connection between them other than that and that Rome is just being irrational. But while he's at his dad's house, his dad tells him that that his phone's battery has run out due to the fact that he's been using it but it's just old and is a bit battered. Well, Rome tells him that he already bought him a phone a year before, but turns out that Walter had given that to his brother, Omar, which obviously Rome just rolls his eyes at because he and Omar have always had tension. And of course, the phone ended up in Omar's hands. So when Rome goes to get his dad a new phone, Rome ends up Rome ends up being the tech guy for him and basically starts putting all his data and all his apps and everything that his dad would need day to day from his old phone back onto his new phone. And it's here that Rome discovers probably why the phone keeps running out of charge so much. It turns out that Rome's dad has a bunch of old voicemails from his wife that he listens to constantly. That's what's running the battery down because he's constantly listening to these old messages because there may be something between him and Florence and he feels a little bit guilty that he's cheating on his wife even though she's not there anymore. So because Rome's ended up hearing his mother's voice for the first time in months now, when he's speaking to Tyrell, who is determined on getting over to Haiti to see his mother, he plays the mother card with Rome and tells him that he knows that he would do anything to go and see his mother one more time. So if he can just lend Tyrell the money to get back to Haiti, just to see his mum and figure out what's going on, he'd be eternally grateful to him. And of course, Rome, again, he's got this nostalgia of just hearing his mum's voice for the first time. And he tells him, yeah, I'd do anything to be with my mum again. 
So, yeah, um, I'll get you on that flight, the next one out to Haiti as soon as possible. But whenever say, they go back to Roman Gina's apartment, Gina tells him that she already spoke to Tyrell about this and that it wasn't a good idea right now and that why didn't Rome speak to her about this before just making a decision that he could go? It's ridiculous. So while they're fighting, so while they're fighting, Tyrell tries to get hold of his mum to tell him the good news that he's coming to see her and that he'll be there as soon as possible. But she tells him exactly what Gina's told him that it's not a good idea to come right now, she can't do anything for him, and it's going to be harder for her while he's there. So for now, it's probably best that he stays where he is. So of course, he is heartbroken by this. So because of the heartbreak, Rome and Gina tell him that they are willing to foster him. If he wants to stay with them, they are more than happy to have him, because they care about him, and he's a good kid, and... It's a shitty situation that he's in right now. There's no point in being out on the street or in child services if they can look after him. So they offer him to stay with them and he agrees. So now that Rome has finished sorting his dad's phone out, he goes to see him and he tells him that he thinks the world of his dad and he thinks that it's best that he is happy in what he does. So if he wants to be with Florence, then be with her. He knows that he, all he wants for his dad in his final years is for him to just be happy. And he's also made a sort of Frankenstein voice note from his wife, essentially saying the same thing, that she would always want him to be happy and that's it. And that she loves him, but just to live his life. So the next time that Rome and Walter go and see Florence at the graveyard, he sees how happy his dad is with her and knows that this is the right thing for him. And speaking of happy, Gina speaks to Tyrell's bum and lets her know that they're going to be looking after him, and she just tells him how thankful she is that she knows her son is going to be safe. Dee is trying to get back to America because of everything that's gone on with Soph, but isn't having much luck. Obviously, flights are scarce at that time, and her dad is still probably not in a good way. I'm probably not well enough to fly at that point. But of course she needs to get home for her daughter. So when Sophie tells her that she's got the audition for MMI, it turns out that Dee won't be back in time. So Sophie is having such a hard time of it right now that she's feeling even worse now. Her mum won't be there to help her through. But Dee tells her that once she is, her and Sophie will be going to the police so that she can report what's happened to her and something can be done about it. Maggie, however, speaks to Gary about what the hell he thinks he was doing, going and sitting at Peter's place, trying to intimidate him, beat him up. We don't know what was on his mind, but she's furious at him because he was being so stupid in the moment, and he just needed to think about everything so that justice could be done. But he said nothing happened, and she leaves it at that. But Gary can see how important this audition is to Sophie. And so he tries to be the parent. He tries to buck her up and tell her how great she is and show her that she's cared for and that she's loved and that everyone's going to be there to support her. She's amazing and this is just the start of something new. But she's still totally unsure about doing the whole audition because of everything that's gone on with Peter. But eventually she agrees to it. So during the audition, straight away, she is obviously 
giving her introductions and telling them about who she is, where she came from, what kind of brought her to this program, etc, etc. And then the name Peter Benoit is brought up. And as soon as it is, she freezes and she freaks out and she just can't carry on. She starts having flashbacks about what happened that night and what could have happened as well. Like, it could have got a hell of a lot worse for her. But it's at this point that she thinks that she's not good enough. She storms out of the whole interview, which is online, so she's in her own home as well. So it's not like she had to go out into the world. She didn't feel unsafe, but she did because of what happened. So she goes off and she tells Gary that she isn't good enough for this. He manipulated her and made her feel great, but actually she's not. She's not good. And he used her. So, of course, because of this and because of the situation earlier, Maggie is now really pissed off. Sophie had agreed not to do the audition right in front of Maggie. And it seemed like now she was being pushed to by Gary. And she's not. And Maggie is just not happy about this. And this is where Gary confesses that it's all his fault. He pushed her towards Peter and essentially pushed her in front of this predator. Maggie tells him that right now... What she needs is someone to listen, not to talk, not to push, not to make things happen, not to fix things, just to sit and listen to her needs and what she wants. Because right now he's not doing that, he's trying to fix everything, he's just fucking everything up. So much like with her, he just needs to listen for a change. So this time he does, he listens and he goes to speak to Sophie and... He just asks what she wants to do. Right now, there is a bad situation and all he wants to know is what does she want. And she tells him that she is worried about what her dad would think of her. That she was naive and silly for trusting someone like that. And not only that, she's taken this photo and what would he think of that? She just feels like he wouldn't even recognise her anymore. And that's what her song is about, that he doesn't know who his own daughter is now. And it's only two years on. But Gary tells her that his dad would be absolutely so proud of her for everything she's accomplished because she's amazing. But she just doesn't see it and she wants to be close to her family right now. So since her mum can't come home, she's managed to find a way to get to her. And so Gary takes her to the airport. And as he watches Sophie walk away, he looks up to the heavens and apologises to John and then puts his hand through a glass window. So for the first time since he's been in the retreat, Catherine and Theo are coming to see Eddie. And when he consults Jackie, who is one of the, I suppose, elder stateswomen in this facility, about what to do when it comes to having his kid there and having his wife there, she tells him that this is a process. You are going through a lot right now. And it's not easy. And what you need to do is, you just need to be honest. You can't be perfect just be honest and so that is the tact that he's gonna try because everything else so far has been a fucking disaster it turns out that theo has semi-adopted a pet in the fact that there is a cat that is stray and keeps coming to the yard and theo has started feeding it even though he's allergic to cats and he's even named the cat so as many parents out there know once you've named a pet that is going to be yours even if it's a stray or a fucking rock if 
that has been named is sticking around for a while. So Catherine is now trying to prepare herself for this cat being in their life. Alan has been texting Catherine after the night before due to the fact that obviously they kissed when Catherine was drunk and he rebuffed her advances. So he's trying to just get back in her good books. But she obviously is really embarrassed by the whole affair. It's not that she doesn't like Alan, it's just that it's embarrassing for her to be rebuffed by someone that is the first person that she's kissed probably since she started seeing Eddie. So when he ends up so when he ends up going over to see her because she's not replying to his texts, the cat ends up getting in. And of course it's that age old TV trope of oh no, these two people who are destined to be romantic together are in a weird situation where they have to bind together to do something. And of course, in this case, it's get the cat out of the house. But eventually they do, and of course, that ends up leading to them kissing again, just before, obviously, Catherine goes to see Eddie. So eventually they end up going. Her and Theo go over to see Eddie at the facility. And when they get there, Jackie takes Theo away to go and get a candy bar and sort of give Eddie and Catherine a bit of time to talk. But while they do, nothing is really resolved. Catherine only asks about Eddie's mindset when he had the affair with Dee and how he felt and why he felt like it was right. And Eddie kind of feels like something is different for Catherine at this point. And he knows that Alan has been around quite a bit. So, potentially, is it because of him? But Eddie tells Catherine that when he had the affair with Dee, it was because she saw him. At the time, Catherine was working way too much and didn't have enough time for Eddie. And he felt abandoned by her. And then, all of a sudden, Dee was starting to look at him the way that Catherine used to look at him. And everything fell into place. It was a weakness, but at the time it made him happy. And that's how Catherine's feeling right now. So after going to see Eddie, Catherine and Theo are in the car on the way home and Theo is off with Catherine again. But this time when Theo snaps her and tells her that she's not a good mom and that, and that she has basically let the family down by allowing his dad to do this, she bites back and tells him that she has feelings too and that he is not being supportive of her that Theo sees his dad as some all-encompassing god and she is just nothing to him and it's hurtful and the way that he is he's being spiteful and it's not fair on her and eventually Theo realizes how much his mum is actually hurting right now. Episode 12 Junior. So now that everything's happened between Catherine and Eddie Catherine just wants to be a little bit different from herself so decides to give herself a haircut. Nothing too drastic, but she does it herself. And as we may have learned from trauma when it came to the newsroom, if someone's cutting their hair, it's not necessarily a good thing either. But she's done it nonetheless. Eddie, however, is coming home today. He's been through his treatment program and feels that it is okay for him to be now coming home. And due to the fact that he is, he's asked Catherine's mum to look after Theo which instantly pisses off Catherine because she doesn't want to be alone with Eddie right now. She doesn't even want him in the same house. She is furious still at the fact that Theo idolises his dad and all she's ever done is try and be the better person and Eddie is always the one who gets the praise. So Catherine ends up calling Darcy, who is now also out of her programme as well. And she calls to vent about Eddie, but Darcy isn't having any of it and she partially defends Eddie 
she tells Catherine that it can't be easy for him to be in a wheelchair, but also he is trying his best right now and that maybe she should support him. So this frustrates Catherine even more. She has, again, done everything she possibly can to help and be with Eddie. And even now, she's not getting the support that she feels she needs. So Eddie starts planning dinner for Catherine. And when she calls him to tell him that she isn't going to make it because she's busy that night, it turns out that actually she is checking into a hotel with Alan and she is going to be spending the afternoon in the same hotel that Dee and Eddie checked into when they were having their affair. But when she gets up to the room with Alan, she tells him that it's not fair on him to do this. She is essentially just doing it out of spite for Eddie and that she doesn't want it to be that. She doesn't want to start a relationship with someone that way. And Alan tells her that he's willing to wait as long as it takes for her, but that she knows that this is what he wants. One of the other major pains in the arse for Catherine at this point is the fact that she's fitting all the bills for Eddie because Eddie's not bringing any money in and any money that he had previously went on drink and then he started doing his guitar lessons but they were few and far between and now he's not got a lot so she has to work all hours God sends to pay bills, pay medical bills, pay insurance, pay everything and... Eddie is trying to find out what his current medical situation is when it comes to the bills. But it turns out that even though he told Gary not to be like John anymore, that that Gary had already paid his bill. So there was zero balance on his account. And when he speaks to Gary about it and thanks him, Gary tells him that he had a spare extra bit of cash around because he sold the engagement ring that he bought for Maggie to pay Eddie's bills. Eventually, when Catherine gets home, she speaks to Eddie and suggests that maybe they need counselling. And when this seems to thrill Eddie at the fact that they could finally start to reconcile, she tells him it's not because she wants to save the marriage, but for Theo's sake, she needs to make sure that they end it properly and amicably. So with Gina and Rome now having a teenager in the house and a 17-year-old teenager at that, they're obviously having some demands put on their car. Tyrell is being a typical teenager. He's going out, he's enjoying himself, and he's borrowing their car every now and again. But this goes a little awry for them when they find a condom in the car. So they decide to ask Tyrell about it. Obviously he's 17, it's good that he's being safe, but they want to make sure that nothing's happening in the car and that he is properly being safe and that, you know, they just want to know whether he is sexually active. But it turns out it's not his condom. He tells them that, yes, he is sexually active, but he doesn't use that particular brand. And Rome starts to think about this. And he knows that it's not his condom. And he knows it's not Tyrell's condom. And the only other person that's been in that car for a while now is his dad. <laughs> so it turns out that his dad is sexually active. So Rome ends up questioning his dad about this, as well as Tyrell being there. And they are bouncing back and forth about this whole condom situation. And Walter tells him that he's unsure that Florence thinks of him that way. That he likes her, but she may just see this as just friendship. So yeah, it's not looking good. So Rome and Gina end up asking so Rome and Gina end up asking Walter and Florence, as well as Tyrell and Tyrell's girlfriend, to come over. 
but Tyrell's girlfriend ends up not being able to make it. And this is where they tease him a little bit more about the condom. Across the other side of the room, Florence and Gina are talking, and she tells her that she's been making moves on Walter, that she wants something to happen, but she's not sure he's into her. And at this point, Gina is trying to make sure that Florence doesn't try to move on from this, because she's thinking that she's not got a shot with Walter. And Gina just blurts out, he bought condoms. And Florence is a little bit taken aback by this and starts to think, oh, okay, maybe I do have a chance. Maybe this this is going to happen. And it's quite, a, it's quite a fun moment between these two over-the-top black women that are just high-fiving and just going, yep, he's into you. I loved it. So good. And Rome ends up giving his dad a pep talk, which you wouldn't expect later on in life when you have to give your own dad a pep talk about having sex with another woman but he does and he's really sweet about it and he tells his dad that he wanted to be like him when he was growing up his dad was so respectful and so cool and that's what he aspired to be so just be you just be cool and everything's gonna be fine now i'm gonna leave this last sentence to the end because I've just reread it and I should have probably gone with what's happening with Gary and Darcy and Maggie, etc. first. So I'm going to leave this to the end, but know that something big is coming. Obviously, if you think about the landscape at the time in the US, probably know what it is. So during online classes, Danny gets called out for being gay. Not in a bad way. They're just teasing him. They're saying things like, there's another guy in this group that he's talking to. So... Maybe they're going on a date, but no one actually knows that Danny is gay. So he goes to speak to Gary and tells Gary that he doesn't know if he wants to come out yet. He doesn't know if he's ready, but he he doesn't want to lie to people. But he also doesn't want to be the first in his class to admit that he is. So he's in a real catch-22 and he's not sure what to do. He is lying to them and not being true to himself at the same time. But now that Gary is obviously had this experience with Sophie, he doesn't He doesn't want to tell Danny anything. He just wants to try and not make the same mistake as he did with Soph and have him, Danny, run out on him again. Run out on him as Sophie has. Gary has an unexpected visitor. His dad shows up and this is the first time we ever see his dad. And he is quite a character. He's got a Mexican heritage and he is, you can see sort of the life and soul of a party that he's in and when he does turn up it turns out that he's a veteran and he was in nam and and this is where he starts to bond with darcy a little bit because obviously she is former forces as well so they start to bond a little bit and get to know each other but he knows that she's been going through a tough time with things lately due to the reason that she left the army so he brings up a story of a guy named douglas but doesn't elaborate too much on what happened there Throughout the episode, we get smatterings of what Gary's dad thinks of everything. And one of the things that he talks about is how he feels like John was selfish for what he did and for killing himself. And when Gary questions him about it and telling him, firstly, you can't say that in this house because that's their father. He tells them that, yeah, do you know how many people that were in Vietnam with me that would love to have come home to a house like this and a family like this? They wouldn't have killed themselves. The amount of people that he lost while he was out there and this guy can just 
go and kill himself for whatever reason. But Gary tells him that it was way more complicated than that. So due to these opinions that Gary's dad has, Gary starts to worry when his dad finds out that Danny's gay. Because obviously Danny hasn't come out to his class yet. He's only come out to a handful of people. But it's here that he actually tells the story of Douglas and what happened with him and when he died. So Douglas was a guy that he met when he was out in Nam. And while he was out there, he did the bravest thing that Gary's dad had ever seen. And it involved him saving Gary's dad and ended up getting shot himself during a firefight. So Gary's dad owes this man his life. And it turns out that one of the bravest men he ever knew was gay. He found evidence of it within his things. And he tells Danny that anyone who doesn't accept him for the way that he is doesn't truly love him. And that he should embrace who he is, shout it from the rooftops if need be. And anyone that doesn't want to love him doesn't deserve him. So eventually Danny speaks to his classmates over Zoom and they have this really sweet moment where they're again teasing him a little bit and his friend says look he's not gay and Danny just turns around and says you know what it's okay his friend knew that he was gay and he says I am I am gay and I'm proud to be gay and the look on all their faces was one of acceptance and love and they all shared their own unique rainbow backgrounds in what is a cheesy but heartfelt moment and it was a beautiful symbol that doesn't matter who you are, you should be accepted for whoever you are, as long as you're not hurting anyone, obviously. Speaking of which, so Rome and his family. So you've got Rome, Gina, Walter, Florence and Tyrell all sit down to have their meal. And of course, as I've said, Tyrell's girlfriend doesn't show up, but then he receives a text message from her and all it is, is a video. And it is of the death of George Floyd. Obviously, all these characters are strong black characters and they had to put up with this. And I feel sorry for anyone that did. So 13, listen. Now, obviously, after what I've just said, this is a pretty heavy episode. So <laughs> the group start making plans to go on protests for George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. But Walter thinks that protesting just won't make a difference and decides that he won't go which obviously pisses Rome off. But with everything that's going on, and the fact that his dad's not going to be there either, and the fact that Rome is just so angry about everything, he thinks that staying home would be the best for him as well. Because if he doesn't, he fears he might do something bad and end up getting arrested, or worse. And Rome tells Tyrell exactly the same, to avoid the police and to come home safe. This, it turns out, is also Gina's first ever protest march due to the fact that it was difficult for her growing up she would go to school being bullied by people that were white because she is black but then she'd go home to her mother who is white and it just felt so wrong for her to have this person at home who is meant to be loving and caring for her people at school who just didn't like her for the colour of her skin. It was hard because she just saw them as faces and they were all white. So it fucked with her head a little bit. She didn't know whether she was coming or going, being mixed race. So Walter starts to open up to Rome about his feelings and about why he's not gone on this march today. And that he feels like being in America, he is a stranger in his own country. 
even though he's fought for his country as well, he feels like the country is doing them a disservice. And it can't be a nice feeling for anyone to feel like they're abandoned in their own home. But this is also something that Rome has touched on in his sessions with his therapist, that he feels like this country just doesn't care, and that this country being America, that it doesn't care about him or his life, and it's unfair, and he just feels let down by everything, which you would if you felt like your country was letting you down. You'd feel abandoned. I don't want to get too much into the politics of it right now, but I feel the same in England right now. I have tried to distance myself from politics for a long, long time, or in fact the news, and recently I've started to look a little bit more about this, and I'm not going to get into it because what's the point? There's several other brilliant podcasts that can do the same. For instance, Pod Save the UK and The Troll. They're the two that I listen to currently that help me understand this because they are very much my way of thinking. Some of the things I don't agree with, but most of it I do. But anyway, so because both him and Rome are on the same page, but he knows that Rome can't go out, Walter decides that he is going to go and protest for his son because he thinks his son deserves a voice out there. But during the march, Gina ends up getting injured and ends up going to hospital with a head injury. She ended up being pushed to the ground and hit by a police officer. But because of COVID restrictions, Rome obviously can't even get into the hospital to see his wife. So we thought, just when you think one problem's bad enough, you've got another one on the horizon. So Rome gets upset with these security guards that obviously won't let him in the hospital and won't allow him to see his wife. But Tyrell manages to speak to a nurse who's just about to go on shift and tells her if she's willing to, can she have Rome's number so that she can speak to his wife, get Gina to ring off this nurse's phone, which she does, and she is in good spirits. She's obviously got a concussion, so she's not in a good way, but she seems fine. She just seems a little bit out of it. Florence also seemed a little bit put out by the fact that Walter wasn't coming with her to this protest, and she explains as much why when they actually start speaking outside the hospital. She tells Walter that the reason that she has always been a protester is because when she was much younger, while Walter was out fighting in Vietnam, she was protesting then because her brother had been taken out there and she felt scared for him and wanted to get him home as soon as possible. So protest against everything that was going on there. But as she did, it turns out that she wasn't in time to be able to save him so she feels guilty about that and now she goes and marches as much as she can and protests as much as she can to try and change the country that they live in so that they don't end up in that situation again and that is why she has always been a protester eventually gina comes back home but she really does seem a little bit out of it she doesn't seem the same Gina as she was before, and there's just something a little bit off about her. But Rome tells her how worried he was that he had almost lost the person that meant the most to him in the world. Eddie tells Catherine that he thinks that he and her need to show a united front right now, and especially around Theo, and that they need to go to this protest together to show solidarity and show love and care for everyone their fellow Americans, their son, everyone right now. But of course, while everyone was getting ready to go on this march, Alan turns up 
because of his involvement with everything that had been going on with Tyrell's mum, Tyrell had become close to Alan. And obviously he knew that Catherine was close to Alan as well. So he thought that inviting him would be okay. But of course, they're a tight-knit group. So Alan ends up bumping into Catherine and Eddie, which is a very awkward situation. And gets a little awkward and gets a little more awkward very quickly. Because while in this, Theo ends up needing the toilet and Catherine takes him. But as she does... She decides that she needs to go herself and tells Theo just to run off and go and find Eddie and Alan. But when she returns, he isn't there. And both Catherine and Eddie thought they were with the other. So start to panic and look around. Eventually he's found and there's no major issues. But when the man who finds him comes over, Catherine isn't with the group at this point. So they see Alan and tell him, oh, there's your dad look. Which obviously hurts Eddie a little, but is seriously awkward. Theo just laughs it off, he doesn't think anything of it, but it is a very awkward situation. And due to everything that's going on in their life right now, Catherine just feels like she needs to focus on everything that's going down with Eddie, but also Theo. Theo is the most important thing to her right now, and so she asks Alan if they could maybe have some distance just for now, which he agrees to. Gary is unsure of how to handle himself, during this whole situation, it can't have been easy for anyone who has black friends to deal with any of this. But it can't have been easy for the black people at any point either. I, my heart goes out to you guys. I hope you are doing well. But Gary calls Rome because he's feeling like he needs to be Gary. He feels like he needs to make jokes and try to help out. But of course... Rome really isn't in the mood, and he blows up at him for making jokes and just calling his black friend to see if he's okay or needs anything. He just wants him to support and listen and learn about what's going on, not just check on people, check on his friend. He wants Gary to understand why this is important, and that it's not just for his black friend. It's for everyone. Everyone needs to learn the lesson of what happened that day. So Gary, throughout the whole day, is just walking around not understanding why Rome was so harsh with him. But Darcy tells him that maybe it's because he got to choose. Gary is from a Hispanic family, but he looks an atypical white guy. Now, James Roday is of uh, Hispanic heritage, but he looks like a white guy. So Darcy just tells him that maybe that's why, because he got to choose who he was. And especially when it turns out that Gary's dad used to work at the school that Gary went to, and Gary's original name was Javier, and that's why his name is Javier Jr. And his dad, throughout his visit, always called him Junior. He never called him Gary, but he never called him by his true name, which is Javier. So during school... People found out that Gary's dad worked at the school and started to mock him a little bit for it and called him names because of his dad being Mexican. So during his next bout of school, he decided to change his name totally so that he would no longer be associated with, I think his dad was the janitor at the school. So it was unfair for those children to do what they did to Gary and make him lose his identity. But now... He has to understand that Rome just can't take his blackness off. He has to 
wear that all the time. So Gary realises that he was in the wrong and he calls Rome and apologises to him for what's happened and his actions and he tells him that he needs to educate himself more. Maggie, however, is the only one who doesn't go to the protests. She has now started her new show and is now doing these five-minute segments for Dr. Stacy. But the only problem with this five minutes is that it is brutally strict and Dr. Stacy is being such a bitch about it. Any time that Maggie goes over in her segments, the producer is essentially flashing up cards and telling her to stop and telling her to wrap up the segment. But Maggie just wants to help people and feels like this isn't the right place to do it. It is such a horrible situation for her. But Maggie just keeps getting cut off while she's in the middle of trying to talk to someone about their situation. But this is because this whole thing for this Dr. Stacy is, it's driven by money. Maggie gets to go on air and speak for five minutes and then ads come on. And the ads are what drive the revenue and are what pay her bills. So she needs to make sure that she gets within that condensed five minute window to get everything done and wrapped up and gone because otherwise she's gonna keep getting cut off. This happens several times throughout the episode where Maggie is in the middle of a therapy session and ends up getting cut off to the point where at one point she gets cut off and was trying to help this poor woman who was trying to deal with the incident that was happening at that particular point, George Floyd, and she didn't know where to stand within her own country and ends up getting cut off. So the next time that Maggie goes on air, she just quits live on air. She does her five minutes and tells everyone that she is sorry, that she can't help them, but there are plenty of decent therapists out there that will and that they don't need to be airing it on radio and that therapy takes a lot longer than just five minutes and that anyone that thinks that it does just take five minutes is an idiot. And so she wraps up her segment and goes off. Anytime that Dr. Stacy tries to ring her, she just cuts her off. She's not down for just making money. She wants to help people. That's what she's always wanted to do. That was what her podcast was for. But the producer of the podcast calls Maggie and tells her that she was inspired by what she did. It was amazing. She was stunned by the whole thing and that it was fantastic. And I agree. Maggie was an absolute fucking beast on that show and deserved all the praise that she could get. But she also hands over the details of the last person that Maggie tried to help on air because the producer also felt that Maggie and anyone who was ringing in had been treated so unfairly. Episode 14, United Front. So Sophie is now back from France and is in her final days of quarantine. In fact, it's her last day of quarantine. And it seems like Gary has been true to his word. He is supporting her. He is listening. And he's just finding out what her needs are so that he can be the best that he can be. But because she's now home and Maggie is her de facto therapist, she is also coming over and checking on how Soph's doing and making sure that everything's okay with her. But Sophie gets a call from one of her friends now that she's back home. And her friend tells her that she is going to Harvard, which she is obviously ecstatic about. But when her friend asks whether Sophie got into MMI, obviously Sophie didn't do the audition. And nobody really knows why apart from the people around her. And she feels like she's distanced herself from her friends because of the fact that 
she was assaulted. And it's here that Maggie realises how bad things have got for Soph. And even though it is breaking quarantine, Maggie just opens the door and walks into her room and hugs her and tells her everything is going to be okay. So during the day, Maggie ends up just looking after Sophie and Maggie tries to get Sophie back into her music by essentially being terrible at music. So Maggie wants to make a jingle for her podcast. Every time she is trying to sing or trying to come up with a tune, it's just terrible. And the thing is, we know Maggie can sing because we've heard her sing in the previous episodes, but she's sat with a keyboard just trying to bash out a quick jingle. And every time she does, Sophie just rolls her eyes at her, knowing what she's trying to do, but she's avoiding it at all costs. But eventually Maggie gets her way and Sophie chills out a little bit and decides that she does enjoy playing music and joins her and they just end up having fun. Just as it seems like Sophie is starting to do a little bit better and get a little bit better and it is a process but she seems to be going in the right direction there's a knock at the door and it's jake her ex-boyfriend and he brings up the fact that danny told him about peter and of course she is pissed off with danny now she goes upstairs and she tells him exactly what she thinks of him and that he was stupid to say anything and that now everything's out in the open she wants to just run away to france because it was her decision to let people in not his and this is where she tells maggie that she feels like she's cutting herself off from all her friends because she doesn't know what to say to them this bad thing happened to her it's affected her it's gonna affect her going forward but she doesn't know how to talk about it to anybody and it must be so heartbreaking in fact it is but i'm not ready to tell that story yet maybe one day but sophie decides that she's gonna take her future into her own hands she goes to see the professor at mmi to try and see if she can get in for next year or if she can retry for this year and she actually tells the woman that she didn't want her to think bad of sophie she didn't want her to think that she was wasting her time and that this is her passion music is her passion it's what she wants to do but that day things happened and she tells her that she'd been assaulted that week and she was just not prepared for what was going to happen. The professor understands and tells her that she's brave and that she's got every chance to come back next year due to the recommendation that Peter had put down for her. And then she tells Sophie about a student from previous years that was recommended highly by Peter, and she turned out to be great. And Sophie asks if she can speak to this girl because she wants to know if it was the same issue for her as it was for Sophie but it turns out that this girl had killed herself only six months earlier and now Sophie feels like she has to do more investigation into previous students of Peter's. Gary however is also obsessing over Peter. He seems to have been doing some online stalking of his own trying to get dirt on this guy trying to find out what the fuck's going on because he is so broken by everything that happened to Sophie because it happened on his watch and he feels like he let her down, Dee down and John most importantly down. Both Gary and Darcy have taken Liam to go over to Theo's while Catherine and Eddie are out of the house. So Liam is there because he is going to be entertaining Theo as they're the same age and in the same class. But during this time 
Liam ends up letting slip to Theo that his parents are splitting up because he basically says, it's going to be great now that you're going to have two of everything, two Christmases, two birthdays, because your parents are splitting up. But of course, Theo doesn't know this yet. So he goes and talks to Gary about it. But at about this time, Darcy keeps talking about Liam's dad to Gary because they seem so much closer than Gary would have thought. But when he questions it, Darcy just tells him, it's the same as what you and Maggie are. Like, we are there for each other because of our son. We look after each other because of our son. There's nothing going on between us. It's just because of our son still in each other's lives. She holds no malice towards him. She just knew it wasn't going to work for them. But of course, then everything comes crashing down around them when Theo asks if his parents are getting a divorce. And Darcy has to call Catherine and Eddie. And at this point, Catherine and Eddie are in a therapy session. So let's talk about that. Catherine and Eddie are putting up pretenses. Obviously, Eddie can't get upstairs anymore, so they have set up a bed downstairs, which the pair are sharing. And every time that Theo comes into the room, they have to act like they are still crazy about each other and they're hugging or whatever. You can see that Catherine just hates every moment of it. And she hates lying to Theo. So, as I say, they're in this therapy session and they get this call that Theo knows about what's going on. And since then, he's been locked up in his room and he won't come out. So when Catherine and Eddie get home, instantly, Catherine runs upstairs to go and talk to her son and be with her son. And straight away, Eddie tries to roll straight up and can't get anywhere. He can't get upstairs to be with his son. And therefore... His wife is going to take the advantage because she's there to comfort her son in a time of need. So Gary, instead of watching his friend be defeated, takes him step by step up the stairs and manages to get him to his son so that they can deal with the situation as a united front, as they said they were going to. So Catherine and Eddie reassure Theo about everything. But when they talk about custody and who Theo is going to live with, Eddie tells him that he's going to obviously live with his mum half the time and his dad half the time, but Catherine has other ideas. She feels like Eddie's dependencies are going to go against him. She doesn't say as much, but at this point, things aren't going to go Eddie's way. So Eddie obviously realises that Catherine probably isn't going to give him joint custody at this point. So with the fact that Walter is now seeing Florence, and she is becoming a big factor in both... Rome and Gina's life, as well as Walter's. Gina decides that she's going to have a bonding day with her. She's going to get to know some of the old recipes which Florence's mum made, so it gives her that link back to her heritage. But because of everything that went on with her concussion, her mum's a little bit protective of her and wants to be there too. So Shelley sees if Gina wants to hang out, but Gina tells her that she's busy today and that she can't. And it also seems that due to her head injury, Gina is struggling. She's having memory issues. But in true Shelley fashion, doesn't matter what happens, she turns up at the restaurant and interrupts the day that Gina had planned with Florence and interjects herself. But Florence is quite happy to allow Shelley to come in. She doesn't want to stand in the way of it. It's her mum at the end of the day and she is happy for all hands on deck. They're just going to be making recipes and drinking and having a laugh. So why shouldn't Shelley be there as well? But once again, Shelley sees that Florence is the main attraction here. 
and she seems to be kind of a mother figure towards Gina, the mother figure that Shelley never really could be because of the heritage that they've both got, obviously Shelley being white and Gina being black or mixed race. It just doesn't gel well when Gina is trying to learn about her black heritage. And so Shelley just keeps trying to interject herself into the conversation. Tyrell is also doing the same thing, just in a different way. He's become so passionate about protesting and the BLM movement, and Rome finds out that it's now starting to affect his schoolwork. He's sneaking out and not doing the work, and thinks that everything that he's doing is more important than his schoolwork. And I'm not saying that it's not. But I think a lot of people would agree that there needs to be a balance there. So Rome tries to put his foot down, but Tyrell is having none of it. Shelley is being typical Shelley again. She is ends up criticising the restaurant that obviously Gina spent so much time trying to work on. And the fact that Covid has just ravaged this poor restaurant, it's so difficult for her at this point to try and keep everything afloat. But then they end up taking something out of the oven and... It seems like it's absolutely ruined because the wrong ingredients has been used. It seems like baking soda has been used instead of, I want to say flour, but it seems like something's gone wrong. And the person that gets blamed for that is Shelley. And so Shelley begins to storm off and and tells Gina she was just trying to help. And then as she leaves, Gina and Shelley just have this yelling match about how they're both just sick of each other. But just before Shelley gets to the door, the voice of reason, Florence, tells her that she's a mum and that she shouldn't be letting it just walk out of the door like this. Yeah, her mum makes mistakes. She's just trying to be there. She's there today, even though she has no clue what she's doing, just to be with Gina, just to make sure that Gina is okay. And eventually... Gina goes out, she gets hold of Shelley and she tells her that she's sorry and that she loves her and that she wants her to stay and that it wouldn't be fun without her anymore. So Shelley agrees to stay. Rome confronts Tyrell about everything that's been going on because he's got another report from the school saying that Tyrell hasn't been to his lessons again. And when he does, Tyrell tells him that when what happened to Gina happened, he was scared. And he didn't know what to do and he felt useless. So now he's going out there and he is filming these protests happen and he is making sure he gets footage on everything so that he can be a voice to people if they need it. And it's here that Rome realises that he can make this work for both of them. And Rome speaks to Tyrell's teacher and tells him that if they make a documentary together, would that count towards his grade? Would that be seen as extracurricular and help him in his studies? And the teacher agrees to it and tells him that, yeah, it'd be fantastic if he did something like that. So Rome agrees to help him and they decide that they're going to make a documentary together about the BLM movement and what it means to the people of Boston. So after everything that happened with Gina and Shelley, they all managed to sit down, have a glass of wine, chat it out, have a laugh, get along. And then just as Gina's going to clean up, she walks into the kitchen and realises something. It wasn't Shelley who messed up. It was Gina who messed up. She put the wrong ingredients in. It was her station that the ingredients was on. And it turns out that her memory is affected more than she wants to let on. 
And while she is in tears in the kitchen, it's not Florence who comes through, it's Shelley. Her mum comes through for her again and tells her that whatever this is, we're going to find out what it is and we're going to sort it together. Now, this has been a slog. This is a long episode today and I am hoarse and I still have to record another one so I'm going to be even worse. So listen out for episode 7. I'm barely going to have a voice. But this is such a great series and the issues that have been raised in both this and the previous episode are astonishing. Everything around COVID, everything around um, sexual abuse, everything around the Black Lives Matter movement are just heartbreaking that this goes on. And God, I wish this world was better. I really do. You see sparks of it. You see hope. You see joy. But sometimes, my God, it is a dark place to be. And I don't want to talk too much about those issues. This isn't the place for that. This is just an enjoyment of TV, how it makes you feel. But you can't tell people how it makes you feel without actually fucking feeling something. So I think I've done enough within the episode to show what I feel for characters, for the real lives that are going on. And I hope you enjoy this episode because it is... I think this is the darkest moment in A Million Little Things. These last four or five episodes are probably the darkest it gets. And I know that the end is rough. God damn it, I know that the end is rough. If anyone listened to the first episode of this, the reason I did this podcast is because I fucking cried my heart out at the end of this series. But I hope you enjoyed it. I'd really love you guys to come and talk to me. Let me know what you think. I hope I did these subjects justice. I am just one person trying to get my voice out there and I hope that you are enjoying the show. But until next time, speak to you soon. Bye. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And... If you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.